Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. A couple of weeks ago, our guest speaker for Pastor Appreciation, Jason Browning, alluded to a time when, when we were in high school and he and I were with his dad in Savannah. His dad was a postmaster of Lake City and uh, we went with his father to the annual postmaster's convention held in Savannah. And, and he told you how his father threw us the keys to the car while he was at the convention. He threw us the keys to the car and Jason told you how we ended up lost and actually crossed over a bridge and we ended up in South Carolina. And I think I was like 16 years old and, and Jason was probably 13, 14. What he didn't tell you was that I was the only one out of the two of us that could drive and it was his job to read the map and navigate where we were going. And this was before the days of GPS and smartphones. And so Jason actually was sitting over in the passenger seat and he had a map unfolded and he was telling me, Rocky, take a right, Rocky, take a left, Rocky, go straight. And he's telling me. And so I remember we were heading down this narrow road, just it's, it's probably just wide enough for one, one car in downtown Savannah, heading down this road. And Jason tells me, he says, take a left. Take a left. I said, are you sure? He said, take a left. I take a left, left on this four-lane road, so I cross over the two lanes of what would be incoming traffic. There's nobody coming. I cross over those two lanes. I get into the two lanes of where I'm heading, heading left, heading that direction, when all of a sudden, this red light, probably about two, three blocks away, changes, and I notice that there's not two lanes of traffic. There are four lanes of traffic coming at me. Jason had me turn on a one-way street, and, and it was the worst left of my life. I'm telling you I'm heading down this one and I throw the car in reverse as quick as I, it, it was like something out of a movie I threw the car in reverse I, I'm, I'm driving like this going backwards I find that little one lane little street that little the little path that we were on I swing the car into there and we both just sit there just we, we just sat there with our eyes just wide open and, and and it was like we were contemplating in silence our near demise I mean it was it was awful no left turn right no left turn. In 1938, there was a pilot by the name of Douglas Corgan that left Floyd Bennett Field in New York City to fly to Los Angeles, California. There was a dense fog that had settled at the runway, but he decided that he was going to take off anyway. And so as he lifted off, he ended up taking a left turn instead of a right turn. And, and instead of heading, heading uh, 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 west, he was now heading east. And he had to fly for the next 28 hours before he landed, not in California, but in Dublin, Ireland. Forever afterward, he was known in aeronautical history as Wrong Way Corgan. I can sympathize with Mr. Corgan because... I've made a few wrong left turns in my life also. Unless you are a NASCAR driver, left turns seldom pay off. By the way, you know why the Democratic Party hates NASCAR drivers, right? Because NASCAR drivers can turn to the left and the south and still win. But let's keep going. Let's keep going. <laughs> no left turns. No left turns. In the words of the great Texas theologian Matthew McConaughey, All right, all right, all right, all right. Here we go. Genesis 13, Genesis 13. Let's go. Genesis 13, I want to read verses 1 through 12. 
It's a good looking crowd today. Good looking crowd. All except for one person. I'll let you figure out if that's you or not. But Genesis 13, Genesis 13, verses 1 through 12. And it reads like this. So Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him into the Negeb. And now Abram was very rich in livestock and silver and in gold. And he journeyed on from the Negeb as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai, to the place where he had made an altar at the first. And there Abram called upon the name of the Lord. And Lot, who went with, him, with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, so that the land could not support both of them dwelling together. For their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. At that time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites were dwelling in the land. Then Abram said to Lot, Let there be no strife between you and me and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, then I will go to the right. If you take the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zoar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself all the, all the Jordan Valley and Lot journeyed east. Thus they separated from each other. Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as Sodom. Have you ever had to live in close proximity to someone only to discover that you need more space? I'm not talking about you and your spouse, okay? But it does happen sometimes at the beginning of a marriage where two people who are not used to living together, now they have to learn to invade each other's space and, and, uh, and, and learn how to do that the right way. Many times we can find ourselves in close proximity to someone and, and realize to ourselves, I need more space. When we first moved to this area to plant this church, the plan for us, the plan for my family, was to move into the double wide that now serves as our, our offices until our, our new building is built. That was the plan. Well, we, we got to this area and we realized that the, the former uh, uh, tenants of, of, of that uh, particular double wide, they had a couple of large dogs and so all of the carpets had to be replaced. It, it was in pretty rough shape and so we needed to replace all the flooring. And so that forced us to move to, to Lake City and to move in with my in-laws for a short period of time. Yes. So every morning, I would drive the kids to school here in Newberry, knowing that we would soon eventually end up in Newberry. We wanted them in, in the elementary school here. And so I would drive the kids to Newberry, drop them off at school, and then I would go to the church office and I would, I would put in a full day there. Mandy would leave Lake City, and at the time she was working in Gainesville, and she would drive into Gainesville. My in-laws were so gracious to let us live with them for 10 weeks, 2 days, 12 hours, 22 minutes, and 17 seconds. But who's, who's counting, you know? God was so gracious in the fact that me and my father-in-law didn't kill each other during that time. 
Sometimes people stay too long and they, they wear their welcome out. You ever had that happen? You ever had anybody stay too long and wear their welcome out? I kept telling my wife and my mother-in-law, Roger's been here long enough. It's time for him to go. He has wore his welcome out. Surprisingly, we actually got along pretty good, pretty good. And, uh, but that's not always the case. And Lot was that guy. He was, he was Abram's nephew. But, but Lot had clung to Abram long enough. Any success Lot had in his life was because of Abram. More importantly, because of Abram's relationship with God. Abram was a very blessed man. God had given him livestock. God had given him silver and gold. And Lot was blessed just because of his close proximity to Abram. If you were near Abram, you were going to be blessed. And for a season, everything was okay. And they seemed to be getting along just fine. But then strife started to develop between the two households. And they were not seeing eye to eye. It was kind of like Cousin Eddie's family visiting the Griswolds. It just didn't work. And people are not getting along and they are rubbing each other the wrong way. And Abram recognized the need for his own space. So, so he does the noble thing. He told Lot, his nephew... You pick your land. If you choose to go to the left, then I'll go to the right. If you choose that you want to go to the right, then I will go to the left. But it is your choice, Lot. Abram didn't have to do this. Matter of fact, it was, it was really out of custom for him to do this because he was older. He was the older uncle and, and he was very successful. And so he had every right to pick first. And, and don't forget that in chapter 12 and verse 7, God had already told him that he was giving him the land as an inheritance to his children. And so this is already his land. But Abram does the very respectable thing. And he tells Lot, you pick first. It's your choice, you pick first. And at that moment, Lot should have deferred to the second half. He should have given Abram the ball first. Your decision, Uncle Abe, whatever you go with, I will decide, or I will, I will be fine with that decision, and I will go with whatever you decide. But Lot didn't do that. Lot didn't respect the elder in this situation. Lot was a very selfish individual. You see, he looked out over the land and he saw the, the lush green pastures where his cattle could graze. It, it reminded him, according to the Bible in the passage that we just read, it reminded him of the garden of, of the Lord, which is the garden of Eden. So everything he had ever been told about the beginning of humanity and how beautiful the garden of Eden was, now that was in his mind and he was thinking, that must be the garden of Eden. That must be the garden of the Lord. He thought to himself, I have found paradise and I am not willing to pass this up. Have you ever found yourself in that situation where you see something and, and, and it glitters like gold? It looks like it is the right thing. It is paradise only to find out later that it's anything but paradise. Don't point at him or her, but, but you know. And verse 11 it tells us four words that causes, causes humanity the most problems. These four words, it, it still haunts us to this day. And the four words are, Lot chose for himself. Lot chose for himself. Those four words produce the most heartache for us today. Those four words are the catalyst of tragedy for so many lives. 
Because the biggest mistakes of of the human race have been caused by those words, Lot chose for himself, or Rocky chose for himself, or Mandy chose for herself. You can insert your name there, and every time you choose for yourself, heartache is going to follow. You can't choose for yourself and then expect God to back it up. And that's what so many people try and do. They try and make a decision and they leave God out of the equation and then they expect God to back up that decision. And God's not obligated to to make your mistakes right. Oh, it's quiet today. Think about the destructive marriages that are a result of someone choosing not to include God in their decision. Think about the bad business decisions that God has been blamed for but yet he was never consulted with in the beginning. People that battle addictions daily that they chose for themselves. We make purchases and agree to debt without ever seeking God. Mandy and I had to learn that lesson early on in marriage when I maxed out a credit card to build a porch on the front of a mobile home and didn't seek God in it. And and we had to pay, I I think it took us two and a half years to pay off that porch. Didn't seek God at all. I can tell you this, there's such such a, a routine in our lives now that even the smallest of purchases I have to pray about. I seek God because I don't want to be in that place financially ever again. This is a habit that we need to get into. We've got to get to that place to where we start seeking God with every decision. Before you get into that relationship, seek God, seek his word, find out what his word says. There are people in this room right now that they could testify to this, but now they're married, they, they need to stay in that marriage. But, but, but understand, the word is very plain. For believers not to be unequally yoked, we are not to be bound together with unbelievers. But yet we will go outside of our belief and, and we will find those people that, that we are attracted to. Why even open your hearts to that? Mandy and I have been telling our kids for years, don't you ever date anyone that you're not willing to marry. If they're not marriage material, and I'm not pushing my kids to get married. Listen, they'll be 20 years old in October, and, and I'm fine with right where they're at. I, I don't want them to get married until they're ready to get married. But from an early age, we told them, don't you dare get into a relationship with someone that you couldn't see yourself married to. Man, there's adults in this room that you need to hear that same thing. You need to practice that. Why contradict God's word? And be unequally yoked. Above all else, guard your heart is what it says. For it is the wellspring of life. Why lay your heart out there on the line? Why not guard it and seek God and say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you with this. I need you to give me the right answer. Often we choose for ourselves a path of destruction. But it it never looks that way in the beginning. Lot saw greener pastures and, and he went left instead of going right. What he didn't realize was the dangers that were lurking to the left. Verse 12 says that he moved his tent as far as Sodom. 
There's a major red flag with that. And if you don't understand that, the very next verse, it only takes one more verse for us to understand the dangers of that decision because verse 13 says, now the men of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. Church, listen to me. You better be careful before you decide to hitch your wagon to ungodly people. I see people doing this all the time. One of the most heartbreaking things for me as a pastor is that it breaks my heart to see people that love God with their whole heart in one season of life, but then they let their guard down and they lay aside uh, for ungodly relationships and, and, and wicked places. And you've got to be careful with that. The land may have been great for farming. It's what Lot saw. It's beautiful. It's lush. It's green. Great places for his cattle to graze. But Lot's decision to settle outside of Sodom would prove to be one of the most costly decisions that a man can make. Do you know at one time, later on we continue to read of this, Lot was just guilty by association. He had done nothing wrong except move his family to a place that he shouldn't have moved his family. And when the enemies of Sodom invaded, they took Lot hostage and they stole all of his possessions. And he had to call Uncle Abram to come to his rescue. When two of God's messengers came to visit Lot, many people believe that there was two angels that were sent to him from God. And as they were visiting with him, sitting in his living room, talking with him, men from Sodom surrounded Lot's house and they demanded that Lot send out his guests outside so that they could rape them. That's where he moved his family. And, and Lot was so mentally disconnected that he offers his daughters to those men instead of the angels. You're talking about a sickness. He had completely lost sight of what was valuable in his life. The choice for greener pastures ended up costing Lot his wife's life as Sodom was destroyed by God. The grass may look greener, but it takes a whole lot of manure to get it that way, doesn't it? There's a lot of crap that you have to deal with on the other side of the fence. Don't worry about the green grass to the left. That's the enemy's distraction for your life. Don't worry about the green grass to the left. Turn right and trust God's plan of fertilization. Because here's what I know about our God. God can take dry and barren land and, and he can turn it into a fruitful harvest for you. Uh, God can take dry bones and he can make them live again. God can lead you into a dead-end job. And, and, and some of us, we've been there before. It has no future at all. But if you follow God and God leads you into a dead-end job, he can turn that job into a successful career. God can reignite the fire in your burnout marriage. God can make that used car last longer than a brand new, fresh-off-the-lot car. If you will just follow God and turn right instead of turning left, God can extend. I believe, I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to somebody right now. Listen to me. God can extend your biological clock and he can give you a child when Mr. Right comes along. Settle down. Relax. Don't you settle. Don't you settle for Mr. Wrong and don't you settle for Mr. Right now. You wait on Mr. Right and God will give you the desires of your heart. Don't you go left when God's calling you to go right. And going right is when you depend on God and not your own opinion. Proverbs 3 and 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Psalm 9 and 10 says, 
And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Psalm 37 and 5 says, Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. We've got to learn to seek God with every decision. And when God says turn right, go right. And don't go wrong. Here's a sobering truth for you as I close this out. I can assure you that you are at, the place you are at right now in life is a result of past choices, good or bad. Only you know exactly what that looks like. But where you are at in life right now is a result of past choices. And I can also assure you that where you will be in five years, five years from this day right now, it will be a result of the choices that you make today on whether or not you trust God and you go right or you go wrong. There's people in here right now, and, and as I was praying before service, God reassured me that this message today was going to speak to someone and was going to keep you from making a wrong decision. I don't know what it is, marriage, business, Finances, I don't know. But God cares enough about you right now that he's calling out to you to follow his lead and to turn to the right. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.